Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. And right now we're going out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for the athletic KSDK and 101 ESPN. You can find her on Twitter at Katie J Wu. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How are you doing today? Wow, BK, I'm impressed with all of the uh, titles. That was a really good start. Thanks I'm impressed so much. by all of the work that you're doing uh, right oh, now. Don't, don't be. Uh, and a, uh, a featured guest on a number of podcasts recently. Katie, Katie's out here uh, doing well for herself. All right, Katie, let's start with the obvious, which is Jordan Walker uh, making the opening day roster for the Cardinals. I don't think this came as a real surprise to anybody. The only real question was, is his recent slide going to be enough to not make it onto the opening day roster? Four for 31 in his last nine games in spring training. What did you make of the decision and what are your reasonable expectations for Walker this season? No, not a surprise at all. Um, I think that game against the Nationals out in Palm Beach where he hit like two home runs with a combined distance of 900, I think that was the day where, where everyone was like, yeah, this guy's probably going to make it. Um, and I think the slump might have actually turned out to be a blessing in disguise. I know it's not easy to go through at a time where there is such like heightened pressure to make the roster, but Ollie Marmel said within the first week of spring training this month, or this spring, that he was also going to be evaluating guys when he was putting together his roster based on how they respond to adversity. And what we saw from Jordan Walker over the last two weeks was an ability to not press, not chase. You know, obviously he's frustrated. Everyone's going to be frustrated when they're not performing, especially in Jordan's case when he's performing to make the opening day roster. But the organization was so impressed with his poise, his maturity. Ollie Marmel said as much on the video the Colonel's production team released where, you know, where Walker was informed he was making the opening day roster. So, no, I wasn't surprised, and I think that slump actually helped him in his own way make the team. Now, expectations for Jordan Walker. This is a fun one for me because when we see someone like Jordan and his talent and his potential and his ability to really be at some point a franchise-altering player, you get excited. And I'm by no means trying to tone that down. But there is going to be an adjustment period, and every player responds to it differently. There's going to be highs for sure, and there are definitely going to be lows. I think we're going to see Walker play nearly every day in the outfield. He'll probably be the starting uh, left fielder come opening day. But the Cardinals do have what we've talked about plenty of times, guys, that versatility in their lineup. You're going to see a lot of rotating between Walker, Carlson, Newbar, and O'Neill. Carlson looks to be that kind of fourth outfielder switch-hitting, pinch-hitter that the Cardinals would actually really benefit. I think it's a new role for the team, but it's perfect for Dylan. Um, but, no, the expectations right now is, are just that he's going to go out there and play every day, and he's going to have highs and lows just like every other player. I guess, and I know we can't predict this, Katie, but when slash if, although I should just say when, Jordan Walker struggles because he will struggle, 
does the Cardinals look at that as an opportune moment to put them back down in Memphis to just go get reps and get right? Or would they look at this and say, let's let this young kid figure it out at the pro level? I think they'd look at him and let him figure it out. I think when they brought up Walker, similar to when they brought up top prospects before, it's with the expectation that he was going to play every day. They weren't going to bring Walker up as a bench bat or come in in late in these situations. They're giving Walker a full chance to go and run with it, and that includes running with him during those struggles. No player is going to go out have only success for 162 games. Paul Goldschmidt was the National League MVP, and he'll be the first to tell you that he did not have a good September last year. But I think another test for Walker is going to be how he responds to those struggles, how he responds to the lows. He told me over the spring he's got a quick memory. you got to enjoy the highs, make sure they last as long as possible, and understand the lows are going to come, but do your best to get them over with as quick as possible. And I thought that was a really profound response just in terms of how this guy, 20 years old, is evaluating his own success and his own struggles. Katie, I have no concern that the Cardinals will like let him, you know, finish out and, and hopefully find a way to fight through those struggles. Bad job by me. My apologies. They'll uh, let Jordan I'm Walker fine. finish out like uh, BK doesn't <laughs> allow Katie to finish her thoughts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Katie, I did want to ask a little bit of a follow up on that because Jordan Walker stole so much of the oxygen in the spring that we, we didn't really focus as much on the other position players, but it was a good spring all around for the Cardinals. It, when you look at Alec Burleson, Nolan Gorman, I mean, you could even say uh, a Mason Wynn, for example, for you, who was most impressive of the secondary Cardinals hitters? Oh, good question. I feel like I talk about Nolan Gorman on the show once a week. We should just like rename my segment the Nolan Gorman segment. He was really impressive. I think, you know, he'll also benefit from being able to play second and third base. The Cardinals' versatility in general is going to be such a huge, huge flex for them. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that later. But in terms of the secondary hitters, Bob Gorman was really impressive. I really liked what I saw from Taylor. I think that's kind of an under-radar guy that we slowly but surely started believing in the more this thing went on. You know, I think he was in uh, conversations to make the roster before Paul DeYoung's injury, but that really exited his path because he can play so many uh, uh, positions defensively. I thought he had a really nice power swinging bat, and no disrespect to Juan Yepes, who I'm sure we'll see throughout the year, but because of the versatility defensively, I thought Taylor Motter was the correct choice if they were going to take one right-handed bat. So. Again, we talked a lot about Walker, and we talked a lot about the WBC, but like you said, BK, the Cardinals had an incredible camp this spring, and there should be uh, a high sense of optimism come Thursday on what this club could do. Are we going to see more names on the DH this season, Katie, than maybe people should be used to from last season? I would be surprised if we saw this like the same very think the Cardinals and their uh, their ability to kind of put anyone anywhere. I mean, we know the three, four, five guys are going to be Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras, but everything else is up in the air, and it's likely to change almost every day. How to respond to that is going to be a, a telling point to you know with this club because that's exactly what Ollie Marmol and the Cardinals want to do is just create a versatile, fluid lineup where they can really play the matchups and line up the analytics and, and just run with it. And they have the players to do that. You look at every single player on this roster, and they can play multiple positions and hit in multiple spots and do it well. And that's what I think makes this Cardinals team a little underrated. I mean, the offense will be good, but for me, when you're talking about maximizing the lineup and maximizing the potential of this Cardinals roster, the ability to mix and match and put people in different places, different spots on different days, is I think perhaps their greatest strength.
Katie was our guest for another few minutes here on 101 ESPN. Katie, I'm officially on the panic bus when it comes to Jack Flaherty. I, I'm not saying that he's going to be terrible this year. I'm not suggesting that by any stretch of the imagination. I am genuinely worried about what the beginning of the year is going to look like, though, especially after his most recent start. It was a weird start to the spring, but kind of throw that away. Not a big deal. And Steven Matz got off to a late spring as well. The effectiveness just, in my opinion, has not really been there yet for Jack Flaherty. Where are you at on Jack and what you're expecting early in the season? Yeah, it wasn't a great spring for Jack. And, you know, I think he'd be the first one to tell you that also. Uh, we'll go back to what he told me in uh, early March before or after his last, uh, his first start, I should say. It's all about how he can make adjustments. If he goes out there and he gets hit around, he can't locate, he walks some guys, it's going to be up to him to adjust. Well, uh, yesterday, first two innings, not great. And, you know, that's not what you want to see from anyone coming out of their last start of spring especially someone like Jack where the stakes are so high, but how he came back for his final uh, three or four innings and how the different pitcher and made that adjustment, that was encouraging. Now, of course, you are hoping that he can make that adjustment before eight runs score. Absolutely. But I think when it comes to Jack, there has to just kind of be this little bit of grace period as he adjusts. And we'll, you know, both that's kind of, kind of a double entendre, how he adjusts to getting back to major league action and how he adjusts to his stuff if he doesn't have it. Um, we'll give him a couple starts not quite ready to push the panic button on him yet, but it is something to monitor because it just seemed like his stuff wasn't all the way there this spring. Yeah, leave it to BK panicking way too early for something like this, just jumping on that panic bus. Well, Katie, hey, we one, got a area, brand. one area that I'm panicking on is the bullpen. Um, maybe I shouldn't be, but, you know, Tanner Hendrickson has brought this up. We've talked a lot about it in the past. You're exiting camp with a bullpen that has a lot of, uh, upside, but it also has a lot of question marks beyond Ryan Helsley and Giovanni Gallegos. Hey, G- Jordan Hicks throwing 103, though. We're fine. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, I knew we were going to talk about the bullpen because the first thing that Tanner said, he didn't even ask how my day was. He just said, oh, yeah, you know, Andrew Suarez over packing up. He belongs on this, this team. This Katie, he's been crying about it for three days. He's already put him in the circle of trust, and he's not even on the roster. I was in Vegas over the weekend, and the only thing Tanner texted me the entire time was, Find a way for me to bet on Andrew Suarez to win Cy Young this year. Yeah. I, I said, Tanner, they don't have got, it on board, buddy. I got they don't a jersey. Have I don't know what I'm going to do with it now. Tanner, I don't know what you did in Vegas, but next time you go, let me know. Um, <laughs> so when you guys are looking at this bullpen, I do agree that it has some tremendous upside. I actually think that the bullpen might be one of the most undervalued traits just in terms of, again, flexibility, you guys. When you look at guys like Zach Thompson, who I thought was a really impressive left-handed side, it makes sense why they kept him. And you can make the argument that any of those left-handers that were optioned out, whether it was Cabrera, Romero, and Suarez being re-signed to AAA, like they could be on the team. And that was something that Ollie Marmel said throughout the last couple of weeks, that there will be guys who deserve to make this team that won't. Andy Suarez, unfortunately, a, uh, a victim to roster tactics. He was a non-roster guy. He would require a 40-man spot. The Cardinals already need to open one up for Jordan Walker by Thursday. If they did that for Suarez, they would risk losing another pitcher in the organization who they're probably going to need at some point over the next six months. So I would expect that we see Suarez and Cabrera and Romero at some point during the season. Uh, Heck, I'll even throw Zuniga in there as well. But if the Cardinals put Suarez on the roster, there was a high chance they lost one of those guys. And that's just not what you want to do when that left-handed Arsenal can be so strong. Yeah, Tanner. Uh, Katie, final yeah, question. Yeah, Tanner. <laughs> final question. We're, we'll get you out of here on this one. Um, when, when you look at the Cardinals going into the season, everything that you were able to see from them out of the spring and all of the expectations that they have early on this year, 
let's say maybe it's a bold prediction or something that you didn't expect to be saying about this team that now you feel about this team. G- give me something on the Cardinals that you didn't think you were going to be believing going into uh, the start of the season that now you do after the spring training. So I talked about the offense with you guys last week. I was like, oh, they're going to have a pretty good offense. I'm going to up that. I think they'll have a top five offense. And I also think this team wins above 95 games. Now, uh, there's a lot of projections out there that have the Cardinals winning 85 to 86. I thought that was laughable then. I think it's very laughable now. I think that, that St. Louis, we know we know the, the motto, win 90 games and you're in, in the NL Central. The Cardinals have done a pretty good job of hitting their standard of winning 90 games. I see them winning around 95. I'll go upwards of 95. So if I'm taking the over-under, I'm taking um, And I think that that rotation is going to be the make or break for this team. And I do think that Jordan Montgomery and Miles Michaelis are a little bit underrated on the national scene, uh, Michaelis especially. But I do understand the questions and concerns over the rotation. So we'll see. But my bold prediction is St. Louis 95 wins, and I think they win the division by double digits. Katie, are you in the bathroom when you just made that take? Because that's a bold, that's a hot take from the bathroom. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. It's almost opening day. Vibes are high. I can't wait for you guys to play this back in like a June swoon. And I'm like, oh, who's that? Who said that? <laughs> who said that? <laughs> Let, let's, let's follow up on that. Do they get a top two seed in the National League, in your opinion, Katie? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, no. BK just won no, up No, they're going to play another wild card series. No, I, I, <laughs> I'm I, out of hot takes. I get it. I get it. That, I mean, 95 <laughs> wins in a top five offense in baseball. Katie and I are on the same page with None this team. None of that matters to Tanner unless Suarez is on the <laughs> That's roster. That's right. Out right, but two no, games. Suarez has to be on the roster. I get it. <laughs> Katie, we appreciate the time as always. We'll see you out of the ballpark on Thursday for opening day. Enjoy yourself out there. We'll talk with you again soon. You got it, guys. So excited. I will see you in a few days.